Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. I want to let you know that once we do get through this mess, and folks, we will, a Mississippi adventure will be here waiting for you. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Today, I get to go deep again, deep in my musical past, to a wonderfully talented songwriter who was an elite and has made his permanent mark on country music history. From Ann Murray's A Little Good News to George Strait's Let's Fall to Pieces Together. Actually, Let's Fall to Pieces Together, which he co-penned with our very own Johnny Russell, which I didn't even know, as well as the cool Dickie Lee. I knew that. And okay, get this. My co-writer on none other than Mississippi Minute. Thus, we have the show. Yep, there you go. So let's spend a Mississippi Minute right now and get to know better my pal, Tommy Rocco. Hello, Tommy. Hey, bud. How you doing? Good, good. Are you in Pennsylvania or are you stretched out across the country? I'm up in Pennsylvania, a little bit of snow country. We're talking to Tommy Rocco. Okay, so Tommy, I didn't know. So when, when I moved back to Mississippi, you had already moved back to Pennsylvania. You were there a little while. I, I followed suit and, and came back home. And I was at Johnny's funeral in Moorhead uh ahead of our cbb i came good friends with wesley smith said hey why don't you go to the funeral with me i said absolutely well so i never knew you guys i never knew that that was co-pinned by you guys oh yeah i had the idea for so long and uh i, I couldn't get past the first line of the course second line of the course I had two lines and i had the last line i couldn't get the middle line huh. and i heard johnny talking next door to dickie lee where his rooms next to each other and uh, I heard Johnny Russell, so I said, I just busted in and said, I don't know what you're doing, but I got a, I got a title. And as soon as I played the title, Johnny had the next line, so from there it was 10 minutes, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the the journey to get it to straight, was it a simple thing, or did you have to battle some producers and, you know, A&R no, guys? No, it was, it was really easy. It was uh, Ray Baker cut that on George. He had, a, he had a session to do two songs on George. He did two songs. They were both singles. One was Let's Fall to Pieces. The other one was You Look So Good in Love. Oh, wow. And t- what got me was two ballads right, right in a row, and George took them both to number one. Right. I was about to say something about that, but he sort of changed the way things are. Just, you know, when, uh, if, is he, to you, of the artists that have recorded your songs, uh, I mean, did you always feel like, I mean, you had a great reverence for him. You had a great respect for him. I mean, was he oh, yeah. always like the pinnacle, sort of, to go after? He was, he was 
No, we we tried. Of course, you know better. We we tried to not write for anybody because if you do and you take it to somebody and say, well, that sounds like George. Why didn't he do it? Right. <laughs> or it sounds like Jones, or it sounds like this guy. So we you just you know we just wrote and uh, tried to get. And when I wrote with Dean Dillon, we tried to write for Straight because Dean had the inside track. Was uh what was that relationship? How did those good. guys with good. Dean and oh, George? How, how was that? Oh, they had a great relationship. They still do. All right, what about when George does the movie Heartland? Was it Heartlands? Was that the name of it? Hearts. Uh, no, Pure. What was it, Pure Country? Pure Love or something. Pure Country. Pure Country. Okay, so when he does that, oh, he had a song called Singing About the Heartlands. That's right. When he does this movie, where was he before the movie and then after? Did he did that movie sort of like, was it like a star is born for him? Oh, no. He was, he was up there before he ever did the movie. I can't re- recall he, how he was. Yeah, he was really hot. I mean, Let's Fall a Piece already been out, and uh, he had a, he was he was hot. I mean, that's that's the reason why they did the movie, probably. But, uh, uh, I seen him right after it and talked to him about it, and he, I said, "Damn, you did a good job." Yeah, <laughs> but he uh, he said, "I don't think I'll do any more," and he, I guess he hasn't. Okay, so all right, so I want to back up now. We're talking to Tommy Rocco, when you started making music, was music in your family? really I, I remember walking the streets of philadelphia singing old johnny ray and frankie lane and some sinatra on the way to school and people would stop out the windows and ask me to you know on the way to school stop sing me a song time which i did you know <laughs> had five blocks to walk to school and then when i moved to jersey i guess i never really listened to country and I, you know hank williams come on and then i was hooked you hear a lot of people a lot of writers that we know that when they heard the Beatles or when they heard, I love, I love hearing you. You're going the flip side. You're going the opposite way when you hear Hank. That changes. Um, did you? Were you always sort of working as a? You know, mean like, did you write poems as a little kid, or did you go, okay, I'm singing first, and now I need to learn to play guitar and write? What was sort of the line? That's, of order? You got it right there. That's exactly how you did it. That, you know, I just sang and sang and sang. Never. Never thought about writing, never never crossed my mind. You know, I was so naive. I can remember when I was a kid that when they played somebody on a radio, you heard uh, Dean Martin or even back to Al Jolson. I thought they were writing the radio. I thought the guy was right there singing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> He's not, they weren't there? I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't, people should not know how dummy I am. <laughs> no, that's all right. Well, no, let me think about it. Probably be- wasn't before, you know, we're looking at the, uh, in my dad's time, they were doing that. Right? I mean, they were in there. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they were in there. Right. So radio had, I mean, radio evolved pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty good there. Okay, so you're a good athlete. Did you grow up What was any sports that you sort of excelled in? Yeah, that you, yeah I, was, I was really, I was, I was small. I was a pretty good player. Played some football and some baseball. And uh, I was quick. All right. I was oh, quick. oh, oh, I can I tell. Did. I can tell. I, I know. All right, but let me ask you about uh, the time with... with... Oh, you, you, you couldn't tell no more now. I'm no. not as quick as I'm near as quick as I used to. <laughs> hey, as long as you can get up and get to the coffee pot in a, in a in an adequate amount <laughs> of time it. in the morning, that's all you care about. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> or get to the bathroom in the middle of the night, as long as you can get there without <laughs> stumping your toe. Hey, uh, Tommy, what about the time... You know, because I had a lot of... Uh, head-on-head meetings with basketball against Vince, Gill, golf course. What was the story in the celebrity softball game? Did he run into you, you run into him, and what happened? What was that? Oh, my buddy Vince? That's, yeah. That's how we met. He <laughs> ran into me. He ran into me and then tackled me. And I was on third base just standing in my own business. <laughs> and 
got in a little argument and kind of got kind of heated, and then afterwards they apologized, and later on we became best of friends. Oh, he's a good guy. He's so competitive, you know. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, yeah, especially at golf. Oh, my gosh. We hit. We played over in the Murfreesboro, I can't remember the golf course, on Murfreesboro Road, and uh, we were in a tournament together, and we were on the same team. And, of course, he, he he's a player. I'm just uh, hitting the ball. And uh, he drove, and he heck of a drive, but pulled it just a little bit and hit a tree and bounced back. Well, I drove, and I'm about 15, 20 yards past him. So on the way there, I said, dude, oh, uh, buddy, I think I outdrove you. And boy, he jumped up and down. I hit a tree. I hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to make sure I knew that. <laughs> hey, I love it. No, that's him. I mean, it's so funny. I, the first time we played, it was Larry Stewart and me and, uh, and Jim Gallagher, Jr., who lives down in Greenwood. And I'll never forget, uh, I was, I was, it was playing the Hermitage. And for some reason, that Hermitage has one of my hole-in-ones there. It always fit in my eye. I don't know what it was, but when things were going south, I'd go out there and it'd fix my game. And uh, I remember the first time we played them, I was making everything. I mean, I, I could never hit greens back in those days. I'd just get up and down. And now it's the opposite. Hit greens, I can't, I can't putt. But, but the... Uh, but I remember him going, like, if you make another you-know-what putt. I mean, he was serious. He was getting so upset. And I, we came in on 18, and I made. I remember making the putt, and he just was just so upset at me. And I was going, like, is he upset? Like, really upset? And then we played in the Vinny basketball game in, in front of all of his people. Coach Bird, everything. I, hit, I made seven threes on him, calling his name the entire time because he kept calling me Fabio. And he kept going, I sure love your lips. And he was messing with me, you know. And so the whole time I kept going, Vince Gill and I was just nailing it and he was uh he quit calling me you quit calling me by my name you know he was using some <laughs> other words but very competitive very upset with me and uh but I got to enjoy that you're listening to in a Mississippi minute I'm Steve Azar don't forget once we get through these trying times and we will an adventure in Mississippi will be waiting for you right there go to visit mississippi.org to find out more we'll be back with my buddy Tommy Rocco in a moment right here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studio. Don't go nowhere. I'm living up to her long expectations Cause her long expectations are high enough for me Yes, her long expectations are high enough for me With humble beginnings all the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank, with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. in the Mississippi Minute. That's how we're doing. We're rolling down a highway via Pennsylvania. Thinking of you all today, wishing you the best. 
Once we get through these trying times, and we will, an adventure in Mississippi will be awaiting you. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. We're listening to my buddy tell his great story, Tommy Rocco. Always good to catch up with old friends and teachers, mentors. I always felt like when I was in the room with you, Tommy, uh, and songwriting and stuff, I felt like I was. Uh, you reminded me the best. There was a smidge of uncomfortableness for me because I felt like I was in the room with a professor, <laughs> you know. And you know, no, and you demand a certain uh, uh, Steve, shut up and listen. You know what I mean? You didn't tell me that, but I felt like I was in the room with a really great teacher, and I, I gained incredible respect for you. And uh, and you you are a teacher to me. And I, you know, it, it well, definitely impacted how I wrote songs. There's no doubt, no doubt. I appreciate that, and I really do, uh, Steve. It's just I, when I got around somebody like you, talented, I knew there was sometimes when we started writing, I knew there was more in there than what you were saying. You know, which you, yeah. and you learned, and evidently you learned. You wrote some great stuff just to pull it out. Sometimes we give up so easy, but if you got somebody there telling you not to give up yet, you right. know, it makes it a little better. I mean, you, I've, I've written some great ones, you know, from McDill on down, and that's how you learn. Well, you know what, though, Tommy, the the thing is that you, I think that when you're, I know the practice is so important because, and but I feel like I've got a grasp of it now. But it, meaning, meaning, I'm calmer and stuff comes out of my head like it needs to, and it's 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 just much more sedated and relaxed. And before, I felt like. There were times when I was in there and I and I was just my mouth was moving way ahead of my brain just to feel like and this is for young writers out there that are trying to figure it out. Um, it's almost like I felt like the energy could mask what wasn't going on in my mind because you're trying to participate. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're trying so hard. You're trying so hard. You feel like you got to do it. You got to do it. Right. You know, right. you haven't learned yet that, you know, you don't have to do it right then. It might come out tomorrow or the next day or next month. You don't have to have it that day. If it's fine, if it's there, fine. If it ain't, you got to look for it. Okay. So when you first came to town and you get to Nashville, cause I want to back up a little bit because you were playing live like I was and you were out on the road working, but, and, and I want to talk about that cause I know it's an important part because I imagine you came to town as a singer songwriter as maybe making records, right? As a singer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were wanting to make records. Yep. But I got there and uh, they played me. I went to the studio with some friends of mine and I met and went to the studio and they, they played me some demos and some artists. And one of the artists was Tommy Overstreet. And when I got to town, everything was the big voice, you know, blah, 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 the big, big stuff. I wasn't like that. And I heard that, and I said, I can't do that. You know, I thought right out, honest, I said, I can't. I, I don't sing like that. I can't do that. And uh, they weren't looking for those sweet voices. You had the great ones out there, Marty Robbins, Firing Young, people like that. Yeah. Weren't looking for nobody else. They said, what do you want to do? You want to go back? I said, no, well, I don't know what to do. They said, well, watch it. You want to write? I said, sure. That's where we got that started. Wow. All right, so mentor-wise, or publish. Okay, let's let's wait. A minute. Let's take it one step at a time. Mentors as songwriters when you got there, the ones that really impacted you and got you on the right path. Uh, there was a fellow named Richie Marino from Philadelphia, back from my neighborhood, who probably taught me about the magic, the little piece of magic you have to put in the song. And I learned that I couldn't get it yet, but I learned it. I knew it had to be there. And I, sometimes I heard the magic, but I couldn't get it into the song, or I couldn't get the song around it. But the one who really did it for me is a fellow named Charlie Black, which you know. Oh, Charlie Black. And uh, Charlie Black and Jerry Gillespie and I, we had a great time together, and a great writer, and Bobby Fischer, 
always come up with some great ideas and we got into it. It's just a matter of listening and learning and asking questions. I wasn't ashamed to ask, how does that work? What's that? Tell me that chord. Do this. Show me this. Right. And they did, and especially Charlie, and that's we're still close today. Now, Charlie, I played a lot of golf with Charlie. He always sang while he before he hit the ball. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. He would sing, and then or he'd whistle. Wait, we sing or whistle? He'd do something. All of a sudden, he'd take a breath, hit, and then he'd start singing again. So his swing itself would be quiet, but before and after was not. Now, I thought he was, oh, no, no, no. You're saying Charlie Black. I'm thinking of Charlie yeah. Monk. I thought you I was uh, going to say, I think you mean Charlie Monk. Charlie Monk. Now, so I didn't know Charlie Black. Now, wait, wait, where's Charlie? So Charlie Black doesn't ring a bell to me for some reason. Charlie Black's on a little good news. Okay, okay. Charlie Black's on the, and Mary's uh, the big one from the, when they did the big movie. Or the, I can't even remember what it was. Looking for Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Johnny Lee. Uh, something. There were shadows in the moonlight. Oh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, Charlie, yeah. Charlie Black, a lot of great, a lot of great songs written. Hey, you know, Tommy, once you get a song with somebody and it works, is it is is it necessarily easier, did you find in your time, to go back to that artist? I mean, we saw, like, I know Mark Allen Springer had a series of hits with Chesney. I mean, you, you see it a lot, but at what point yeah. do, you get, do you get the green light? You know what I mean? Well, I, I think it's more, if you know, you know, I tried to meet all the artists. It was good. You know, I had a lot of my records. A lot of my records, I got I got cut. But the publisher got some done. And uh, I met the uh, producers. You know, before I even started having hits, you know, I was still building houses. And in between time, going to Nashville, writing and doing that stuff. And I'd try to meet the producers, even before I had hits, and just tell them who I was and this, this, and that. I made some good friends. And when you got to the good friends, back in them days, producers picked the hits most of the time. And, you know, it's completely reversed now. The artists walk in and say, this is what I'm cutting. didn't used to be that way. Well, a you're good. Easier to get cuts back then. You're a good guy. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, you you were always so what you, you what what you saw was what you got. <laughs> you know, with you. I mean, there was. That's it. I mean, it's always been the case. All right, so let's go back. First of all, your folks. Like, what did your dad do? He had a restaurant and a bar. Did you ever play in that bar? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. And and did, was uh, it, was he musical? No, no. I tried to teach him. In fact, I did teach him to play uh, Sorrento. Only in English. And uh, he wanted to learn it so bad on the guitar, and I showed him how to do that, and he learned that. That's the only thing he ever learned. It took me a long time, but he did it. I was proud of him. <laughs> now, was, was he uh, an American born, or was he second, first generation no. American? or second. Where did, where? He, I mean, he was born in Italy. So, and what do you think it was about the, all these great Italian singers? That, that And then even you look at, like, Lebanese, like Danny Thomas, um, and and just the ethnic blood, uh, I mean, what was it? Do you th- you ever thought about the the great singers? Or had, t- I mean, like they, they had they, nothing nothing better to do. I mean, that's all they had to do in in, in the days over there. It was singing was it way out like the down south with the uh, the you know Native Americans and the yeah people who wanted to get out of their areas. The uh, African Americans that the right. blues that came from. I mean, that's the it's, you, you listen to them songs, you you can feel what they were going through. You know, they, they, that's where it came from. And the, the Italian, you know, and it's probably all over the world, but the Italians, with their booming, especially the operas, the, the booming boy, if you listen close, you can you can almost feel where they lived. I mean, it's coming from their past. It's not something that just came out of the air and somebody said, do this. Right. It's what they lived in, and, the, and you know, they built it up, and the, it's amazing how it, it stays in you. Well, most Italians down here, there's a lot of them, they... They all farm, basically. I can almost say all. 
Uh, and I know that that was a little bit of oxymoron and a contradictory statement. But most of them farm. That's how they came over here. And most of them can sing like you, like you wouldn't believe. So, you know, at church and stuff, it's always them decantors and the doing the, you know, bringing out. the. It's amazing. The, so it's just amazing to me. So I, I get it. I get what you're talking about. I mean, if it wasn't for Eugene Powell, who was Sonny Boy Nelson, um, he would be behind my dad's liquor store. That's my that's my beginning. I mean, that was when I walked back there. He was making blues records in the thirty late thirties, and uh, and the postmen would gather, and it was amazing, Tommy. It was just like we would. Uh, I'd go back there. They'd let me go back there at ten, and I just got hooked. And whatever it was, what you said, it came from within him, and it had it had some serious business to it, and it was uh, it was like his. Uh, medicine for whatever ailed him and for some reason even as a 10 year old i could pick up on that emotion and it moved me enough to to race home and beg my parents to get me a guitar i was the fourth in line and they had given up on anybody playing any musical instrument so i had to fight for it and then once you know i once that was the case and i never looked back but i i totally get what you're saying we're talking to tommy rocco tommy you get to play you know, I'm so excited to know that you and Johnny Russell collaborated. So you get to play DJ. Mississippi is the birthplace of American music. We claim it. We believe it. We know it. So would you like to hear, you're playing DJ, by the way. You can only choose one. You Would you like to hear Marty Stewart or Jerry Lee Lewis? Uh, that's a hard one, and I'll go with Jerry Lee because he's another inspiration. Just an unveiled, actually, a country trail marker to Jerry Lee in Nesbitt, Mississippi. Uh, I was my, I was number 32. It was one of the most moving days. And uh, being there for him was uh, it was just beyond uh, my wildest imagination. It's so wonderful. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Don't forget, once we get through these trying times, and we will, an adventure in Mississippi will be waiting for you right there. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. We'll be back with my buddy, Tommy Rocco, in a moment. Right here in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Don't go nowhere. All you gotta do, honey, is kinda stand in one spot. Wiggle around just a little bit. And that's what you got. Yeah. Now let's go one time. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Don't forget that once we're past this outbreak, there will be some great things to do in Mississippi from events to unique places to visit. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. I'm with my pal Tommy Rocco in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. He's got a wonderful bride in Beverly. How's Beverly doing? She's doing wonderful. She's doing wonderful. Getting ready to go do a little shopping. 
Well, Gwen sends love, by the way, when she said I, well, and she good. sent love to you as well, obviously. But she said, "Tell Beverly hello. Tell her I love her." Uh, hey, kids, okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Strack is in Hollywood. He's a filmmaker, doing doing, doing his thing. Adrian, you know, he's uh, graduating Ole Miss early. We got to get him in med school. That'd be the next step. And Cecilia's at Arkansas, following her mama's footsteps, and hopefully, she's going to be. Uh, uh, po- the possibility of doing an internship out in California this summer with our pal Cat Cora. She's ho- all into this whole culinary thing. So they're all grown up. How about your kids? Oh, yeah, all grown up. Well, we got a brewery up here. I know. The like, boys, bo- tell the me boys about that. boys got a little brewery gone. They, they, built a, they built it themselves. they got two sons and a grandson involved in it and their families. And it's Bluestone Brewery in Sarah, Pennsylvania. And they just... Uh, doing great it's four years i played i played there the fourth anniversary in november this year i played for them and uh they've been in four years a little over four years now and just just doing great just, just that so is proud i mean that's so cool okay the name of it one more time bluestone brewery so can you go online and buy beer or you can't cross the lines what's the rule uh, with, the, with uh i don't even know what it, the rule is but i don't know if they're that you know if they're that big yet are, are they so, you, yeah, you go to the brewery they're canning right? and bottling Oh, I got yeah. you. They, it's a, they got a restaurant too. I mean, it's not just a brewery. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. A, it's an eatery. Oh wow! And it's great food. I mean, they got a chef that's just out of this world. It's just amazing. I love. And what town is it in? Sayre, Pennsylvania. Okay, where's that in relation to Philly? Oh, uh, we're about uh, four and a half hours, maybe. Okay. okay. West. West. Okay. West. All right. So, was this the event you said you were bringing? You wanted me to come do, and I didn't hear back from you. Yep. Okay, all you got to do is call me. I'm coming. <laughs> Just, I'll come. We'll do it together. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be great. Oh, I'd absolutely love to do it. Now that the kids are, you know, Gwen and I, Gwen's been going on some road trips. Although I, I find myself ironing stuff like her dresses right before I go on stage, which is a little bit, you know, hey, what a husband. But uh, uh, hey, you know, it's part of the deal. <laughs> you got to do it, right? <laughs> Some of those dresses she's got she has a lot of material. Like one of them, you had to open up and and like it never ended. It was like a wrap, and so I was going like, "This is going to take a month." And you know, you know, if you if you laid the thing over the middle, laid in the middle, the bottom touched the ground on left side, the bottom touched the ground on the right side. And I said, I didn't even know where to start without getting it, you know, getting it hanging on the ground. And anyway, long story short, she's worth it, and and it's been fun having her. Uh, be able to go some shows that she could never go to. You know, back in the beginning, when Strack was born, um, with my first uh, false attempt in the mid '90s, he was young enough where you could take him on the road and the bus and all that. But then once they got old enough to go to school, you know, there was there was no leaving. You know, so she would pick maybe twice a year to go, and for fifteen for the next fifteen years. And so uh, it's you know we do a lot of golf charity events around the country, and so she. She's starting to do more of those, and uh, it's it's been great, you know. Thirty years of marriage now, good. so it's pretty good. Good, pretty good. I'd say so. In our business, I'd say so. We're with Tommy Rocco. You know, you, Go ahead, Tommy. You met PJ. He's the one that was at your house with his wife, and yes. uh, he's the one that's got the he's one of the ones in the brewery. Wow. And, uh, you know, they still talk about the dinner Gwen made when we was there. <laughs> Love it. That's a compliment. She can cook. That girl can cook. Oh yeah, no doubt. Okay, so Tommy, let's go back to your road to Nashville. A lot of our listeners love to hear the the journey there. Um, what you know, you're starting, you're singing. Are you writing songs yet? B- before you get to Nashville, yeah. you have a band oh, going. Yeah. What's going on? 
everybody had a little band, and everybody, I think everybody ever been to Nashville was writing before they got there. But uh, what I was writing was nice, you know, your mother loved them and your sisters and all them people, and telling me how great, but in my heart I knew better, because I listened to radio. But I was writing, and I mean, I could I could do syntax, I could do rhymes, I, could, I knew the meter and all that stuff. And uh, I played for, they wanted me to sing at my granddaughter, my niece's wedding. And I did, and somebody was there and said, my son's in Nashville, I'm going to call him up. Mm-hmm. Well, they huh. called him up, and he said, come down. And that's when I went, you know, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I, I couldn't compete with what was on the radio then. Now right. I think I could, now I'm too old. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. And, uh, but I went just, to, just for the trip, actually, to go. And then when I, you know, when I got there and seen what it was all about, I knew I couldn't do the singing part, but the writing did intrigue me. And uh, I played what I had, and they said, well, you know, and I said, you don't have to tell me. I said, my mother loves them, and that's it. But I can learn. And I, I was fortunate enough to be taught by good people, and I did learn. Well, and you were musical enough, and it, it was you just had to put the time in. Everybody talks about it. But you still have to have the talent. You just can't go there without the talent. I mean, we all, you, you can't go to the NFL without the talent. You can't go, I mean, which is the no. same. It's the major leagues when you're when you're in Nashville and you're dealing with the top tune smiths in the world, uh, uh, you know, for you know that's where they were. I mean, they were the, especially when it came to lyrical lyrical content, um, yeah. the lyrics mattered so much. And, uh, and same for me, Tommy, when I came, I'd been playing live so much. But, but did you, your band was going to, now, what was this Arkansas story? Because you said you knew my, you knew my, uh, my, my brother-in-law, Jeff, uh, his dad, Bobby Mitchell, they had band. We talked about it out of the blue somewhere. You guys were playing a lot, a lot in Arkansas? Yeah, we played in, I was in a service. And was playing. I think I played three or four nights a week, and I played with. Uh, I sat in with Bobby, and I sat in with a couple of groups, and had my own little band, and we played, th- you know, different places. And it was just, it was just a good time, good fun. And uh, I did a lot of learning, you know, on on vocals, but it still, you know, it still wasn't right. Still wasn't right. You know, I, I, I knew. I was watching what other people doing. I, I didn't want to copy, but I knew I wasn't doing what they were doing. And right. even a lot of these guys had that. Growly voice, T. Graham Brown, growl, growl. You know that was to me. That's an instant hit. Yeah, I, I didn't have it. that. Right. No one. Well, well, you ended up getting it. Let's just talk about. Let's talk about. Sure, <laughs> good. Wait, wait. Before, where did you? Where were you stationed? In uh, Little Rock. And you? How long were you in? A couple years, or did you do your two years? Or you go oh, longer. Four. Four years. Was four it? years. Four. Four. Four years. Five months. Wow, that's so cool. You got extended for the Cuban crisis. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. And then did you ever, I mean, how'd you end up in Arkansas of all places when you're from Philly? Well, that's where they sent us. Okay. You know, we, I went to, went to school in uh, Illinois and then basic in Texas and then school in Illinois and then down to Arkansas. You know, and it's a funny story with the Cuban crisis. Uh-huh. I was in the server. We were on a sack base. So we were, uh, you know, 24 seven alert. I got off one day during, right during the height of it when the ship, when, we were going to block the ship from coming in, the cruise ship ship, and I'm out in the woods hunting, of all things, on, on my NCOIC <laughs> <That shocks me. laughs> uh, property. Yeah. I'm squirrel hunting, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we got missiles all around us, and that's what they're going to hit, is these missiles in the Little Rock area. And I said, I'm, I'm just waiting for that. Every time I, I heard a shot from somewhere else, I thought that was it. But, you know, the missile was coming, and we were done. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of scary being out yeah. there. <laughs> wow. 
Wow, wow. I love the fact that you were still doing what you love. You love to hunt. You love to hunt more than write song, write, song writing songs, or is it not fair to ask that question? Uh, that's, that's probably a question you couldn't really answer, because, yeah. you know, of course, now I'm doing nothing but gospel. I do a lot of gospel stuff, and I write a lot of gospel stuff, and that's, that's where I'm at. Well, we, are we feeling ourselves, our mortality? Is that what we're doing here, Tommy? What's going on? Probably. <laughs> probably what it is. I love it. We're talking to Tommy Rocco. All right. Sure, could use a little good news today. All right, where 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 was it born? What you know, such a great song, and we're talking about right now you serving your time and the Cuban crisis and all that. So, has a lot to do with life and the world and what was going on. Were you watching the news one day and you got sick of it? I mean, what what happened? Well, we we got together to write, had no idea, no none whatsoever, and we got to talking about the news. So I said, something happened. I can't remember what it was. Either I don't know what it was. Something in the Nashville area or on the world news. And somebody said, "Man, did you see that? And uh, did you read about that? And we talked about that. And before you know it, we had a song. And you know, it's just if any none of the three of us will tell you how it came or where it came. But you know, two hours we were done, and it was still didn't know what we had, but we knew it was good. I mean, it was well written." It's uh, it just one of those things. It, it, you kind of wish they happen all the time, but they don't. You know, it just don't happen that way all the time. Yeah. But a reflection on I, I sing it once in a while, and well, I sing it just about every time I play. Somebody wants to hear it, and it's still as relevant today as it was then. Just different names, different places, and different faces. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. I want to let you know that once we do get through this mess, and folks, we will, a Mississippi adventure will be here waiting for you. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. We'll be right back with my buddy Tommy Rocco. We're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. That's how we roll. All the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You're listening to In a Mississippi Minute. I'm Steve Azar. Don't forget that once we're past this outbreak, there will be some great things to do in Mississippi, from events to unique places to visit. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. I'm with my pal Tommy Rocco in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio. I want to talk about the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio. you remember? Way back in 1972, Tommy Overstreet. I'll Never Break These Chains top five song it was just a good one i had started had had an idea and blah 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 and we got charlie black involved in it got a great melody going and we got the publisher involved in it got it wrote and 
cut it on a we of course it was a little easier then because we were cutting our company was cutting over the street okay i got but you. it was a good song i believe we'd have got it cut anyway because it was it really was a good song and uh i remember listening you know did nothing but listen to radio just to hear it oh i know no, it's just a little feeling you get it's a great feeling you know the feeling <laughs> no no the well i got my first time i heard really heard it i got a ticket you know, well, no, no, no. When I was recording and I was listening, it was actually going to beat the devil, and I was driving down, uh, which, and I finally got it recorded, and uh, I did. I got a ticket just listening to the recording before it was on the radio. The first time it was radio was Madison, Wisconsin. I, I get a little confused with it, Madison, or was it Kansas? Uh, at where Manhattan, Kansas? I can't remember. Uh, it, it may have been Madison first, and then I can't remember the two of them. For some reason, we were on a radio tour, and we, you know, I can't. For some reason, I I became good friends with both program directors, so uh, I give them both credit. But all right, so you're you're telling me your first that was your first release, and it was the top five yep. record. Oh, you got yeah. you got spoiled fast. It's crazy. Uh, I did. I really did. I all really right. did. All right, you follow that up with what? Uh, another one on Overstreet called uh, "I'm a Believer," and that was top five. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Tom, you're getting yeah. on. Ro- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Good. What it was, that was it, like I said. But we had the artists in house, which is always easier, right? But of course, you still had to cut a hit song, and uh, they were they were they ended up being hits. And uh, I believe, like I said, I believe any of them would have been cut. Any of the songs we got cut on Over Street would have been cut outside. But uh, it was easier when you had the artists in hand and you played them for you. Really right, he came in off the road, and you played them right there, and he had a yes or no right then, so right. you knew. But but how did you get signed to that publishing company? What went down? That. It, there's, that's where I came when I came to Nashville. That's where I came to. That's where the guy's son was working. Oh, you're kidding? Running it, actually. No. Wow. And did they give you a, a, a money deal at all first, or you had to earn earn the and what twenty five dollars a week? <laughs> God, <laughs> I was making four hundred a week up in North, up in uh, Jersey building, and I went down to twenty five dollars a week. <laughs> Oh my gosh! That's, okay, all right. So the money back then for radio—I know there wasn't as many radio stations around the country, right? I mean, like now it's like twenty-three hundred, yeah. whatever it is, country radio stations. But the money back then, when you when you had your hit, they didn't. Nobody took your writing share, right? Did you have to give up all your publishing in the beginning? You had to give up your publishing, but your writers was yours. So when you had your first top five hit, and then your next five hit, was it like you was? Going from twenty five dollars, what was <laughs> you no, went from beans to I stayed steak? At, we stayed at twenty five dollars. We never we never got above twenty five dollars. Well, you didn't want to pay it back, but I guess what I'm saying is, when the check started rolling, we got the BMI, we, we were BMI, ASCAP, CSAC, whatever check it was back then. Uh, your first your first real one. Did you go to the mailbox and go, Holy Moses? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> what yeah. would you and spend your? What made it even? What made it even better was I was in charge of the books. <laughs> so when the check came, the check, I saw mine first. <laughs> Did you call everybody and go, hey, baby? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What was the first thing you bought? When you, do you, can you anything that was like, was it a house or a truck or a gun? Uh, or? You laugh when I tell you. A 1973 Thunderbird. And then you and I, and AJ, the great, late, great AJ, and we wrote Thunderbird. Yeah, we did. I was going to bring him up in a minute. Yeah, it's uh, he's always on my mind. You know, he's a he was just a special man. Yeah, when when people that don't know, that don't know AJ Masters, uh, if I could if I could somehow uh, have him on the show, but he's he's in a special place singing singing in heaven right now. We lost him early, and uh, I don't know if I've ever met a guy that was as gracious and just so uh, 
non-self-serving. He was the opposite of that, right? I mean, big yeah, old heart. exactly right. Just incredible, exactly right. incredible man. I miss him. Well, I miss you too, buddy. And you call me about uh, coming to the thing. I'll show up. And uh, and all you got to do is feed me and Gwen, and that's it. Now, watch what you wish for, because I'll do it. I know. I'm going to come. I miss you. I want to see you guys. And uh, Good. You can count on it. And uh, I love you, pal. And hugs to Beverly. And you guys have a blessed one. And uh, tell the tell the boys, keep it rolling. And uh, I can't wait to have a, a beer in their place, in their establishment. I'll do it, Steve. And take care. And thank you. Thank you for the talk. All right. Love you, pal. Tommy Rocco. Don't forget. Once we get through these trying times, and we will, an adventure in Mississippi will be waiting for you right there. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out more, and that's how we're going to leave you. I'm Super Talk. See you later. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.